We're back in the studio. It's Soccer and Snow and Smoke, the soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton, your host. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you by Zootown Sports Cards and Blackfoot Communications. It's good to be talking a little bit of soccer this week. I've been focused on hoops. I've been in the gym a ton. We're going to the Big Sky Conference Tournament next week, actually on Saturday. That's a lot of fun, but it is just a pleasure to be talking soccer a little bit this week. Joining me, frequent guest, I'm Chris Chitovitsky. I'm back. Head coach of the Montana soccer team who hasn't been in here for a little while because you guys have just been been grinding in the offseason here. Oh. Uh, but I've been wanting to get an update on what's going on with Montana Grizzlies soccer. First off, Chris, just how have you been? I've been good. I actually thought I wasn't invited back in because I was banished because of my poor World Cup predictions. And so I thought you guys just kicked me out. Yeah, I didn't even go back and listen to them. I should have gone back and, you know, had every pundit and started grading. And, oh, yeah. Chris messed up that one. Yeah, it was poor, so I apologize. <laughs> what did you think of the World Cup? I think we talked after the semifinals really quickly. We didn't talk about the final at all. Yeah, I mean, talk about entertaining, right? It, it went through a bit of a lull there for a while where I thought, all right, well, it's it's in the bag now. It's done. And then you see this tremendous comeback with Mbappe scoring goals. And now you're going into a just what a what a game, right? Just incredible. So loved it. Yeah, I thought really the peak of the game on the world stage, uh, the excitement, entertainment, like you said, also the the tension, mm-hmm. uh, the huge amount of things that were at stake there. Yeah. In uh, a brilliant way for it to end. Uh, of course, that Argentina team sort of now wrapping up a run of winning a ton of individual trophies. Lionel Messi won another trophy yesterday. Emiliano mm-hmm. Martinez won goalkeeper of the year yesterday at the, the FIFA ceremony. Yeah. So good for them. Anything else that's been catching your eye on the world stage of soccer with with club teams starting back up before we get to talking about the Montana Grizzlies? Yeah, if you kind of float over to the women's side, then you're starting to see there's a a lot of issues popping up on that end, right? With you you got all these problems in Canada right now with like, okay, what's happening with the state of their women's national team and how are they going to do in a World Cup because of all this? The same stuff's going on in Spain. You see French players retiring early because of the state of the women's game over there. So I feel like there's a lot of turmoil and I would say that a lot of people look at that in a negative way being like oh my goodness look at all these terrible things happening but it's when those things get exposed that you see the greatest growth and change and so it'll lead to positive things it's just sad that it's happening the year of the world cup because I think it'll potentially diminish the level of play that we see there walk me through a couple more of the details there because these are things that I've been hearing about but not Mm -hmm. uh, in a ton of depth it seems like the Canadian women's national team is sort of going through uh, sort of a lot of the same issues that the United States team went through in terms of equal pay and, and equal opportunity exactly. and equal um, treatment, really. Yeah, and I'm not really sure of all the details that are going on there because I've been trying to read up on it myself. There's an entity called Canada Soccer Business that ended up signing with Canada Soccer and taking over a lot of the money and the way that they're splitting the finances. It's just, it, it isn't healthy, it isn't right. And so... Again, don't know all the details. Maybe if I sat with lawyers from both sides and heard it, I could give you the exact answer that you want. But it just shows that there's something going on behind the scenes and there's a movement to fix things. And so, again, in my opinion, that's a positive. Really interesting. We're hoping to bring you a a ton of women's soccer coverage here on Soccer and Snow and Smoke leading up to, as Chris said, the Women's World Cup this summer, which is sort of just a double barrel back to back. Yeah, the Men's World Cup in, in December. Uh, and the Women's World Cup this summer in New Zealand. Hoping to get a lot of great coverage and analysis of, of that event. So looking forward to that. Uh, Chris Chitovitsky, of course, joining me in the studio for Soccer and Snow and Smoke. He's the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. Chris, I just want to leave it open for you. I mean, it's been several months since your season ended. Mm-hmm. 
You guys have been recruiting. You've been bringing in new players. You've been, of course, doing off-season training. I just want to hear an update on on what's been going on and, and where you want to start is up to you. Yeah. Um, I feel like you got to start by reflecting on last season and kind of looking at our entire situation there and how I don't mind losing. If you lose, you got to lose the right way. And I just wasn't happy with the way that it ended. I wasn't happy with the way that we lost. Um, there were just things that needed to be corrected. And so that's what I'm most proud of now, six weeks into the season, is the strides that we have taken and just in regards to that. And that comes back to the way that things operate internally and all the things that we value and how our processes work and the standards that we uphold. And so seeing that shift um, honestly has made it one of the best springs that I've been involved in so far here. And it's just really exciting to show up to work every single day and just crank the standards as high as possible and say, we got to meet these things and let's go. And they respond positively. How do you attack that as a coach, knowing that changes have to be made, but also not wanting to mm-hmm. completely tear down and, and start everything again? Yeah, exactly. It reminds me of 2018 when I took the job here and somebody reminded me that when you walk into the waters here, don't splash too hard because you'll scare all the fish away. And so it was like little splashes. <laughs> it's a, it's the a same thing here, but there had to be a couple splashes. And so there were some pretty significant changes made. And now I feel like just because of that, it's steady the ship pretty quickly. And I'm excited with the direction that we're moving in. And you can see it because, again, for me, it comes back to the feedback from the team. If I sense that they're moving along the same direction as us and with the energy accompanying it, then you feel that you're doing it right and you can continue pushing it. If their initial response was visceral and like, oh, wow, this is too much too soon, and I have wonderful assistant coaches and we play out every single situation where we talk through these things and let me know what you're hearing and senior leadership, let me know what you're hearing. Am I going too hard here? And they're the ones that are telling me, turn it up, turn it up, because we can handle this right now. And so, yeah, like I said, just an exciting time to be a Grizz. I think the big visible change was Jay Landham coming back as the mm-hmm. associate head coach. Is that the proper yes, title? And correct. the goalkeepers coach, yes. um, of course, took a, a year sabbatical on the East Coast at Villanova. <laughs> yeah, that's a way to look at it. And is back now Damian Macias, who was with you for a year mm-hmm. back in North Dakota. Yes. You could see on social media a little bit that Jay was back in Montana, and I wasn't sure whether he was back on staff, but just officially announced a couple yes. weeks ago. Walk me through that process of, of him coming back. Yeah, really random. Um, and again, just uh, if we could do a shout out to Damien, I think Damien did tremendous work. If you look at the schedule that's upcoming for the next two years, some of the teams, and I can't mention anything yet because we're waiting on contracts to come in, but just ridiculously high-level teams coming into Missoula. So he helped move this program in the right direction, but just things weren't working out personally, so moved back. And luckily enough, at the very same time that he's moving out, Jay's looking to move back. And so it just worked out that Jay, of course, was my first phone call, and we had stayed in touch over the course you know, of that entire fall. And he just said, I'd come back in a heartbeat if I could. And here he is. So yeah, excited to have him back because his energy and professionalism with the goalkeepers is tremendous. And then he absolutely loves this place and just bleeds Missoula. So good to have him back. I hear Jay wants to come back in. He he, he appeared with Camellia Zoo on a podcast last year. Hear that he wants to come back in. So I'll ask him this question. But what, what do you think, seeing him now after a year in another program, him coming back, what do you think he, he picked up at Villanova? You know what? <clears throat> That's a really good question. Um, every time you leave someone, so for instance, his words on Ashley, my assistant coach, he looked at Ash and said she has matured immensely. She is more confident as a coach. She's better as a coach. She's just better as a leader of people. And for him, it was a slightly difficult experience, and I, I should leave that for him to describe how things went over there. He was, in a way, had to come back and almost be rebuilt in certain ways. But he took a lot out of that where 
He just had to learn a different way of operating and work in a different environment and figure out what it is that he loves. And now that he's back, his level of gratuity for this place is what is really through the roof. And he was always special and fun to be around, but now that he loves this place even more, it's even better. Does Ashley's new confidence extend to podcast appearances? Because I would hope so. I thought she was great the time yes. that she came on. Ashley Herndon, who's another of the assistant coaches at Montana, I thought she was great when she came on, but she yeah. said she had misgivings about the whole process. Oh, she was scared. Yep. She, she definitely um, didn't want to listen to it. I listened to it. I gave her feedback. No. I mean, yeah, Ashley was great. And so I thought she was well-spoken and did a good job. And I'm going to, if we could get the two of them in here at the same time, I think the energy that you would see bounce between the the two of those would really make it a fun podcast. Well, I wouldn't even need to be in here. I'd just go sit in there exactly. and say, you guys just have a conversation, you yeah. know, and uh, yep. have some fun. And yeah, exactly. I mean, Ashley, the amount of crap Ashley gets in the office is amazing. But then she's matured to a point now that she throws it right back at the two of us. And I love that about her, that she can just give it right back, just makes it all the more fun. Chris Chitavitsky, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer team in here, giving us a winter, late winter, I guess, early spring mm-hmm. update. Weather's been a little bit nicer the last and we couple were days. We so. yesterday for the first time. Oh, that was nice. How did, how did that go? It was cold. <laughs> obviously, during the day, I was like, this is perfect weather. And the sun goes down when we're outside, and it was freezing. But I, I have a note that comes out in my phone once a year, and it's a reminder that, Remember, the first time that you go outside, because we're going from futsal with a heavier ball to a lighter ball, and it's outside and the energy level's through the roof, it's going to be a lower level training session. So lower your standards of what you expect, just allow them to have fun, and then over the course of the week we'll be fine. But boy, were they on fire yesterday. It was just incredible to watch them, and so we had a great time. That's awesome to hear. We're recording this uh, on actually the last day of February, February 28th. So Chris is talking about uh, February 27th, the Monday. This will be out this week, because as I mentioned again, headed to Boise for the Big Sky Conference basketball tournaments this upcoming weekend. Chris, we talked a little bit about Jay Landham coming back. Of course, that leads into sort of the other big news of the offseason, I think, registered in everybody's minds, right, which is that Camelia Zoo is not coming back mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. goalkeeper. Two-year starter, she was the Big Sky Conference goalkeeper of the year two years ago, I guess, now as a redshirt freshman, mm-hmm. uh, but announced that she was transferring to Minnesota and just anything that you can say about that and, and not having her next year? Yeah. Um, first and foremost, nothing nefarious behind the scenes there, right? It was just a, a simple conversation which Cam and I had, and it's a direction that she's wanted to go in. And so um, fully support that and helped her through that process. We were looking at a handful of options, and we all felt that like, Minnesota would help her out the most when it came to her development and growth and the challenges that she wants to see. So happy for her from that standpoint. Uh, sad to lose her, absolutely, but it does open the door for somebody like a uh, Ashlyn Dvorak, who is, you know, local Montana kid from Billings, who is very, very special. And so it'll be exciting to watch Ashlyn. Another former guest on the podcast, Ashlyn Dvorak, goalkeeper, state title winning goalkeeper, actually from Billings West, won a state title mm-hmm. her, her senior year at Billings West, redshirted last year, now in position for that starting goalkeeper yes. job. Just to touch on on Cam a little bit longer, I've had her in here, knew that she was very ambitious. She wanted to get into the national team picture for Canada, mm-hmm. has big goals. It was, it was a joy talking to her, actually, because yeah, of her awesome. ambition and her, her intellect. How does being able to move players on to programs to match their ambition help you guys as a program? And but also, how do you, you know, maybe move past that? Yeah, exactly. Um, something that I've talked about. I wouldn't say weirdly enough, but it's just something that if you talk about other programs who are experiencing, look at football, look at men's basketball, look at women's basketball, and the fear is that we all just become 
um, a feeding ground, a minor league team, for the major league team, right? Who can look at it and say, you know what? I didn't want that player. didn't want to take a chance on her. But she's gone over there and she's crushing it. Two years in, let's take her over here. And we can take advantage of their development. Exactly, yeah. right? And so, but you also have to live in that reality. Can we move beyond that and say everybody stays here? Or do we just say, you know what? That's just the reality that we're in. And you got to accept the fact that it could be a two and done, so to speak, or a one and done, and you lose somebody, which you don't want. <laughs> so how do I build an environment that people don't want to leave? Does it help you, though, also with, with players coming in to say, there could be opportunities to move up here. Yeah, I think what, what's really boosted us is the, the ability to move up into the professional ranks. Tay Hansen moving on into the NWSL, that's been a massive sell for us and really helps. If you can move, you don't have to go anywhere else. You can go into the NWSL directly from here if you want to. And so, yeah, we were trying to hit all those areas and just provide the best possible picture to keep people here. But yeah, if you, you know you can move on into a positive direction, then yeah, definitely helps. It's a really interesting place for this program to be, and I've, I've written about that a lot. I always like talking with Chris about that. Uh, it is Chris Chiavitsky, head coach of the Montana Grizzlies soccer program, joining us on soccer and snow and smoke. Chris, great segue there um, to talking about some of your players who have gone on to play professionally. Any mm-hmm. updates that you can share with us about where girls are right now, what you're expecting for this upcoming year? Yeah, might even be another podcast for you there, checking in with some of them, right? Um, Alexa Coyle seemingly has moved into the uh, the real world, right? The so, business world, the yeah. The business world, right? So she was working with the Seahawks as an intern, and I was just messaging with somebody that I know, um, just trying to get her another another big connection, which could move her on to a career, into a separate career, which will be kind of fun. So we'll see how that goes. Tay Hansen is still... Her pull is to stay in the NWSL. She's not on contract with San Diego anymore, wants to stay in the NWSL, so she's trying to figure that out. Her overseas options, I think, would be through the roof, but that is not her mindset right now. She wants to play at the highest possible level, which is here. And so we'll see how she tries to figure out that piece. And then, yeah, I know Rita Lang's still looking to get back into the picture overseas again, just changing agents. Caitlin Rogers, I haven't heard from from a bit. She has a tendency of, she's she's kind of like a cat and always has been. Rogers here and you're excited to see her, then you turn around and she's gone for about three months. And so, yeah, I don't know where Rogers at. But yeah, overall this year, nobody moving on into the pro ranks. The What you'll see coming up, I think the next big splash is going to be Mesa Walters. Uh, Mesa's having like one of the best possible springs anybody could have. I mean, she has grown so much as a leader and a person and just becoming even better as a player. It's really fun to see. I think she's the next one that makes the biggest splash on the scene for us in about, ooh, what month is it now? In about 10 months' time. Her goal is to, to graduate and move on immediately. And that's a player who, did she choose to come back? Is she using the extra year this year? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. I want to talk about her a little bit more because I think she's a super interesting player and it's great that she is having a great spring. You heard it here first. Mesa Walters having a great spring for the Montana Grizzlies soccer team. Do you have anybody else who chose to use that extra year to come back? Yeah, Sydney Housestein as well. So Sid Sid will stay with us again and she's flourishing right now too. Um, Sid and Mesa doing a tremendous job. Charlie Boone will stay in again and then she has another one. Okay. And so... Fingers crossed, Charlie's staying longer, right? That, that's always that's that's her ambition. That's my ambition. Whether or not she changes her mind last minute is up to her. But that, that's what I would like to see happen. And so, yeah, Kathleen Aitchison is still here. Molly Corey is still here. Um, yeah, we got a good good core senior group. So then, uh, Allie Larson and Mackenzie Kilpatrick yes. choosing to move on. Yes. Yeah. And so, no no real professional ambition in that aspect. Larson still has another year. 
we could see her potentially transferring, trying to help her through that process. Molly Massman, the same thing. We'll see where they end up. Soccer and Snow and Smoke is brought to you in part by Blackfoot Communications. Stay connected with Blackfoot Communications. Whatever your internet and phone needs, whether they're business or personal, go to goblackfoot.com to see how they can help you stay connected. And if you're a small business, see how they can help you grow your business with their Connect to More program. That's goblackfoot.com. Thank you to Blackfoot Communications. Thank you as well to our other sponsor and Zootown Sports Cards, Missoula's hub for all things sports card and memorabilia collecting. Located in the Stevens Center at 2100 Stevens Avenue, nice and central to everything in the Garden City, and with a great collection of sports cards for you to peruse, whether you're looking for packs or for singles. Still running our Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast special at Zootown Sports Cards. Go down there and let them know that you heard about them on the podcast. They'll hook up a special deal for you. I've got to get down there myself to see how their inventory's changed. It's always changing, always new stuff to look at. That's Zootown Sports Cards, 2100 Stevens Avenue in the Stevens Center. Big thanks to both of our sponsors. Now back to soccer and snow and smoke. There's your update on sort of just where the roster is for the Montana Mm -hmm. Grizzlies soccer team. Uh, And of course, you guys have, have augmented that through the transfer portal, talk to me about your experience in the yeah. transfer portal the last couple of years as players have gotten the free one-time exemption to transfer, mm-hmm. which sort of you talk about making little splashes. That was a huge splash to the entire college sports landscape. Yes. And also players getting this extra year of eligibility, which combines with that to facilitate a ton of player movement. That's something that you guys have taken advantage of this offseason. But how's it yeah. been for you adjusting to the new reality? NCAA just put out the recent statistics, and I'm sorry that I can't remember them off the top of my head, but they said how many people are in the portal, how many people are going to the school that they wanted to, how many are still in the portal and didn't get any offer, how many got offered a lower scholarship. Fun stuff to look at. We've always had a lot of interest out of the transfer portal. It's just why are you in there? Are you in there for the right reasons, the wrong reasons? Uh, Do you fit what we're trying to build here? And this was the most fruitful year when it came to it. To pick up Hazel Dirk out of Kansas was huge. Um, she's going to be tremendous for us. She's a young player who played a lot of minutes at Kansas as a freshman and is going to be impactful immediately, in my opinion. Audrey Teague is kind of the, the one that I'm silently excited about because at Regis, she scored, I think it was like 21, 22 goals. And so this kid can score. And you watch the film, and there's so many things that work really well for her, and she's willing to play a certain role for us um, that I'm excited about. I think she could be, again, another splash. Um, and then... Wow, Abby Gearhart out of Bucknell has experience in winning. Bucknell won back-to-back Patriot League titles with her on it. They lost 1-0 to Ohio State in the NCAA tournament, so she's got NCAA tournament experience. She's got championship experience. She's led team in goals or assists at times, so that is a wonderful get for us. And then Mia Parkhurst is somebody I recruited a long time ago who decided SEC Georgia instead, and when she came up in the portal, it was a very happy day for me because I know what she can provide as a defender. Um, and as a person. So that core group of people coming in right there is I've never expected, never in my mind did I ever say I'm going to bring in four transfers, five transfers, because why? You bring in one or two. But couldn't say no and somehow figured it all out financially. And, and here we go. That's where it stands right now. Four transfers. Uh, Chris just ran through them all. The interesting thing to me about that group was you went everywhere, right? You got yes. a couple players from Power Fives. You got Abby Gerhardt, you mentioned, from mm-hmm. another really successful mid-major or low-major program. Yes. Uh, and then also a Division Two player. Yes. 
do you want that kind of separate experience for all those girls coming in? Because it, I think that having different backgrounds to bring to the table is, is always good in a group. Is that something that you are actively looking at? Yeah, absolutely. Just a little bit of everything and then mostly filling positional voids. Uh, if you look at how forwards out, oldest player is a sophomore. And so Abby Gerhard can play up top, and she's a fifth-year senior. Talk about leadership experience you bring into it. Like right now, we're working within units. I'm kind of experimenting with that football idea of units, right? Um, and so Jay's looking at the goalkeepers and the defenders. They meet weekly, and they do little weekly things on the side. And then Ashley's working with the forwards. I've got the midfielders. My experience is Mesa and Cat. I mean, you talk about you know players who have played in a Power 5 program or a big one, and they've transferred over, and they're the best players on the team. They're phenomenal. And Ashley's got sophomores that are leading that group. And so she's got this, there's definitely talent, but there's a maturity issue there and a playing experience issue there. Then you drop a gear heart into that, and all of a sudden things should operate a little bit better. And an Audrey Teague in there, and things should operate better. And they're good people, good characters, great leaders from what I hear. And so they should definitely help that group move forward. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about just the way the roster looks right now, I'll be honest, I was a little bit surprised that it was all forwards and defenders that you brought in from the transfer portal because mm-hmm. you had a bunch of good young forwards last year. Delaney Lushore had a great year scoring the ball. You guys were high on Skyly Thompson the entire year. Mm-hmm. By the way, you heard it here first. Sky Thompson is a machine right now. I've never, Her maturity level as a player, her... the. Her trigger release, which means just her backswing and shot itself, has never been quicker. And that kid is on fire. Sorry to interrupt. That's great to hear because we heard a lot about her last season. It's good to hear the thing about her mindset and her maturity, right? Mm -hmm. Because she had a tough year on the pitch last year. Mm -hmm. She had a lot of chances. Yes. Didn't finish a ton of chances. Yes. And as a a forward, as a striker, that can just ruin a lot of players. Yes. Uh, so it's good to hear that she's bouncing back from that. Of course, another Montana kid there from up in Kalispell, Skyly Thompson. But she had a bunch of forwards, and I thought you might want to bring in a player at the back to replace Allie Larson, but I thought with Charlie Boone and Molly Quarry coming mm-hmm. back, I thought you were pretty set at, at defender as well, but you chose to try to, to strengthen those positions. Yeah, we, we need more depth in the back. You just need one extra player who can just be another layer in there. Uh, Hazel can definitely provide that. And then... And we got Allie Henriksen coming back from injury, too, so that further strengthens it. It just makes me really happy to have that much quality in the back. And then up top, yeah, I just wanted more squeeze. More squeeze, because you can't... If, if Sky, Sky's allowed to be off, everybody's allowed to be off. But the person that comes in next has to be on at that yeah. point. And it's unfair to say, Eliza, you're the one that has to be on. She's a freshman that's still trying to figure it out. Right. And Eliza is also, again, another shout-out to another Montana kid. I mean... Sky Montana kid is on fire right now. Eliza has grown so much as a player in a short amount of time and looks like she's not a freshman anymore and plays like she's not a freshman anymore. There's a confidence there that's very cool. And Ashlyn's doing the same thing. So to highlight those Montana kids, they're on fire right now. One more little bit of news here that Chris can't comment on, actually, but talking about Montana kids, the Grizz just picked up a verbal commitment on social media from Reagan Brizendine, who's another forward from up out of Kalispell, tied for the Class AA lead in goals last fall that's not official so chris can't comment on it but just continuing to get montana kids into the program chris any high schoolers coming in that you can comment on the class of 2023 you guys had had set now for the girls who are coming in in the fall yeah honestly i could go through that whole list i feel like we got a lot of really good players there um yeah it'll just be we we, we got some who are coming off of a an injury 
two in particular that I kind of hope that they get back and they're going to be fine by the time the season starts. But no, overall, love, love that group. Just good people. I've never seen a group that interacts more on social media or in their private little group text message. They just fire things back and forth. And they're, they're the types of people that we need in here to further solidify that base to keep it moving in the right direction. So I think if we could do another one of these in mid-preseason, then I'm happy to preview every single one of them and how they've hit the ground running. Chris Chitavitsky in the studio hitting all of the news, all the updates that you need to know on the Montana Grizzlies soccer team here for soccer and snow and smoke. Jay Landham back in as the goalkeeper's coach. Camellia Zoo out to Minnesota. Four transfers coming in. Freshman class coming in in the fall. Chris, anything else that you want to talk about? Let's talk about Mesa Walters for a minute or two, actually. Last season, her talent, her skill level was really readily apparent Mm -hmm. anytime she stepped on the field. I thought that the role for her was not mm-hmm. super apparent yes. last year. And I thought you guys moved her around a little bit, but I just, yeah. it, it was a question that I was puzzling out in my mind a lot. Well, what is her best role on the field? Did you, did you think that as well last year? 100%, yeah. And she also had to feel like we said, like, if you take one person off the field as a winger, who could replace? Well, I could put this person on here, but you know, Mesa could just fill that role. Mesa can do it. And right. she can do it, so why not? But is that taken away from her strengths? Yes, it is. Mesa's key area of development, if you watch her film from when she was at New Mexico and you watch her film from last year, um, and if you ever watch her in practice, she can beat somebody or she can distribute well, but there were times last year that she would, in practice, just get the ball and dribble through about five people and score. You're like, why can't you just do that all the time? And so the goal for her became, I want you to become the type of player who can just take the game on her shoulders and win it for us on your own. You don't need to be the person that shares it all the time. You can have a bit of greed in there if you want. And so seeing her take on even more of that winning personality, almost freeing her to say, my team, my way, I'm doing this. Come on, let's go, a la LeBron James, right? Like, get on my back, let's make this happen. And it's amazing watching her compete like that because she doesn't do it in a scary way. She does it in a way that everybody says, I will follow that person wherever you want, which is why I consistently sit with her. And Mesa, if you're listening to this, I'm going to say it out loud. You should be a coach later on in your future because you have an ability to motivate people and move people in the right direction. Well, you can always send her the link. In yeah. fact, you could just make this required listening for every yeah, player on the team. Yep. It's good That'd idea. be good for me. Does that come with a shift in position or, or is she still going to be the number 10 this year? She'll probably sit as a, as a 10, but yeah. it's more of a free 10 that can... She's added a couple little skills into it, like a simple combination to get around somebody at wall price and then continue going and continue creating. You don't just have to get it there and distribute it. That's not your greatest strength. Right. I mean, she can strike a ball. She can dribble. She can change it on her own. So change it. And so we're giving her the freedom to do that. Anything else? Anybody else that you want to talk about here before we get you out of here? Oh, so many. I mean, Ashlyn is one who I think needs to come in here at another point in time as well. Maybe even doing just a senior freshman feature where you got Mesa and Ashlyn together. Because right now we play on Thursdays. And Ashley Herndon, my assistant, brought this over at JMU when she played. They would tally wins. So they rotated the teams every spring, but they would keep track of who's winning. And so we just ended our winter segment, and a serial winner, somebody who hardly ever loses, is Ashlyn Dvorak, and somebody who ever loses is Mesa Walters. And I had them on the same team going into the final week of play in the winter segment and realized it, and I put them on different teams, and then, boy, did I get verbally attacked by the two of them at some point later of like, no, we had this plan, we knew we were going to win, we are going to take it here, and now they have to compete against each other. They want to win in such a healthy but positive way, and 
it's just a talent that the two of them have. And I, I want to give a shout out to those two, but also just a shout out to the whole team. I mean, it's moving in such a positive direction and it's because we've taken our goal setting too from let's meet mid-spring and give you goals to we value goals on every single Friday. You know what they are. You have three, two to three basic things you got to hit and you'll get a text from me on Friday whether or not you're hitting them. And then I might even push you in a certain area or add something that we want to go to. But it's that consistent Friday feedback, as I'm calling it, that is leading to massive change the following week. What do you think about playing futsal as, as a development tool in the winter? You guys, of course, are, are sort of forced into it because you can't go outside. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, how, how many times do we... How many times do we look at a country like Brazil and say, oh, man, it's because they do all this, you know, futsal and they play on different surfaces and they learn all these foot skills and it's necessary. And then we look at our setting like, oh, but if we had the grass, we'd be over there. But would we get the development that we need now? I, I split up. I look at the fall and say you got to identify key weaknesses and fix them. So for us, it's 1v1 attacking, 1v1 defending, which is a staple piece for everybody. Just get better at it anyway. Combination playing using a wall price to break out of pressure instead of just kicking the ball away pointlessly. Yep. Don't want to do that. You've got to be able to combine out of tight situations, right? And then playing. I want to see how you win. And more importantly, I want to see how you respond to losing because that was an issue of ours last year. When we lost, we didn't respond in the most positive way. And we case studied the team for two weeks. We filmed everything. And then we sat down and we looked at it and said, how did you guys respond to losing over the past couple of weeks here individually? What did you do? And what should we do instead? And how did that mirror the fall, right? So anyway, I've picked out three areas that we work on and boom, 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 hammer those things out and get better and better and better and better at them. That, that's the main goal of the spring for me. Chris Chitovitsky in studio with soccer and snow and smoke. Everything you need to know about the Montana Grizzlies soccer team at this point in their offseason, just getting outside to train for the first time yesterday, moving into a, a different segment of their offseason now. Mm-hmm. Chris, just what is next up for you guys? we got a fun schedule for spring games. So normally we play like Billings. We go off on the road and we bring them here. Sure. We're playing at Idaho State. I remember Katie Benz before I came in. This was 2018 spring. She took the team down to Idaho State for a game. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I'll reach out to Dustin there. I said, Dustin, I want to come down. We want to play. He said, sure, I'll find another team. And I'm thinking NAIA, this and that. Right. We've got Idaho State and BYU. BYU, who lost in the national final two years ago. Those are our spring games, plus MSUB on the road, which is cool because we're going back to Billings. We're going to set up a meet-the-team environment uh, uh, event in Billings. So we sure. can kind of get to know everybody there, which I'm excited about. But Idaho State and BYU is an exciting way to start April because it's going to be on April 1st we go down there and play games. Talk about a fun, and that, that's, again, an extra motivational tool for the teams. It's not like, hey, let's just train and get better. It's we're training, and then we're going to play BYU, and we're going to play out of state, and we're going to play Billings. We've got three games coming up, and that's exciting. That's awesome to hear. Montana Grizzlies soccer team heading into the next phase of their offseason. Chris Chitovitsky, always a pleasure having you in studio, man. Thank you for your time. Thank Thanks you for, for bringing me back in from the cold. <laughs> of course, man. Thanks for being so open with uh, with updating us, and we'll stay in touch. We'll have you back in here and have some of the other players or coaches on the team back in here as well. Let's do it. Thank you.